Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one. Expensive, but very much worth it. Five stars would buy again. Written by Death Jester 13. Two Terran AU Pair Services Taps, Care of Customer Services Department. From Grand Ambassador Raktiana from the Urken Union. Subject, Product and Service Review. To whoever is in charge of hiring and marketing, you are very misleading in your advertising. When I first looked into your services, I was looking for a caretaker, or I think the term would be used as a babysitter, since my mate and I are so terribly busy with the burgeoning alliances that our two empires are forging in an attempt to get a greater galactic unity. You marketed your service as a loyal and dutiful nanny. I thought the price was a bit high, but at this point of our dear offspring had already caused fifteen other cities to quit. Usually, after we had to offer to pay for the hospital visits and damages. To be honest, I had hoped that the reputation for being tough physically would help. I also had heard that your kind had a knack for being stubborn. When Janice arrived, she was a bit taller than us and would often coo over how cute our child was. I feared that she would let our, um, difficult child run all over her and know better than the others. I resigned myself to having to pay out in the future. Little did I know that the stories of human stubbornness were quite understated. Initially, Janice bore most of the scrapes and minor injuries from our child being petulant and mean-spirited. Of course, we apologized profusely, fully expecting her to leave. However, Janice laughed it off and told me, It is quite okay, my cat scratched me up worse. Besides, I'm here to do a job, and I wouldn't be much of an au pair if a bratty kid scared me off. Her frankness and openness was quite refreshing to my mate and I, and we wished her luck. Over the next few months, a slow and gradual change occurred. Slowly, but surely, Janice eroded our child's will away to damage her and act out. Ever so slowly, she gained the affection of our child, and though we did not notice it, our affection too. We asked her about this, and she laughed and told me to Google family bonding and pack bonding. After my many hours of combing through the pages upon pages of research and subjects, I realized what she was telling us. She had come to view us as family, which was an odd concept to us. And come hell or high water, she was going to make us see her as family as well. Granted, we had to accept a pack and a family, but not to such an extent that humans did. After approximately a year, I noticed that Janice had become more than just a background of my family. We started considering Janice when making plans, and not just if she would be able to come along, but if she would enjoy the trips and vacations that we took. If places were human-friendly, if they had the proper foodstuffs, stuff like that. She was slowly becoming more and more a part of our lives, and it was pleasant. I did not understand how deeply she had bonded with us. We had gone on a diplomatic mission to a planet that was openly contested and the situation was delicate and hostile, but I was the best negotiator in the sector, and such my skills were required. The Grand Council had determined that if the family went together, it would be a show of strength, trust, and goodwill. They were wrong. Of course, Janice went along with us. Initially, negotiations went well. But one day, 
Well, let us just say that the situation did not go well. I do not think anyone knows who started it. However, the situation was clear. We needed to leave. Through circumstances out of our control, the transport we were on had to leave the planet, was undamaged, and we crashed. My mate and I were rescued quickly, but Janice and our oldest offspring and our youngest, we had another during Janice's stay with us, were lost in hostile territory. My mate and I were saddened deeply, not just in the loss of our offspring, but in the loss of such a valuable member of what we had come to view as family. We mourned Janice almost as much as we mourned our own flesh and blood. We grieved and we returned home. A month later, we received a message from the fleet forces still embroiled in the planet we left. During a routine patrol in enemy territory, they had come across three survivors. They had recovered our family. Janice would not talk about what happened, shrugging it off as taking care of her family. Medical scans showed that she suffered multiple broken bones, lost 18 pounds, and was severely malnourished and dehydrated. She sported a few scars, and to this day she sheepishly hides them. Our offspring were a little tired and mildly dehydrated. The account of our oldest of the situation had been transcribed and published. My people believe that this account is an early attempt at comic book fiction, which our people are starting to pick up from your people. The tale, knowing it is true, brings me to tears. Genesis, bravery, sacrifice, willingness to die, to protect my offspring, who are not even related on a genetic or species level, is both awe-inspiring and touchingly beautiful. Initially, I questioned if Janice would be worth the cost of a hire of her services. After these scant years of development, we would send her back to you, richer and with an interesting story to tell. We've kept her employed now long enough, over a decade, both of our offspring are leaving the house. Our oldest has been gone for years, and I thought that I would only be getting a babysitter. I did not know that I would be getting a babysitter, a confidant, a fanatically loyal bodyguard, and a mentor to my children a friend and a supporter to my mate. She would die for my family. Her presence and urging has led my oldest offspring to be a fine and upstanding citizen of our empire. She made a problem child into a paragon of both human and Urken peoples. The service of your employee has provided us and enriched my life, my position and my family. Thank you for your services. You are criminally underselling your product. Rating 5 out of 5. Goodbye again. End of story number one. Story number two. Human Trauma, written by Sad Ice King 27. Alder's four pointed tips at the end of his segmented legs clicked softly. It was difficult to be quiet when your exoskeleton was hard against the metal floor. Human John sat at the mess room table with his back to the slowly approaching creature. The human John had not been the same since returning from the last planetside excursion. Alda had seen the human John in combat before, exemplary, but human John had been a human soldier prior to her life on the ship, so it was not surprising. However, human John had never been like this before. Why should this planetside mission have been different? There had been some combat, what human John had called an ambush, but everyone survived. Maybe his friend just needed something funny to happen, so Alda took it upon himself to prank his friend. Human John had loved pranks and had taught Alda some of them. Maybe this would fix his mood. Alda slowed even more, his uh, feet 
no longer making any sound as they were lowered carefully onto the floor. Human John sat completely still, the caffeine mug in his hand and another resting on his lap. The mug gave off no residual heat, which seemed odd until Alda realized it was most likely just empty. Alda had closed him behind Human John now. He raised himself up to his full height, with what could be called a smile on his face. A good scare always brought a round of laughter afterward. This would help his friend, he was sure of it. As he opened his mouth, a familiar human voice yelled from across the mess room, Alda, no, stop! Alda already started to let the loud roar come out, though, and couldn't stop and wonder why there was so much panic in the human Sam's tone. Human John turned quickly. He did not look at Alda, but in a curious way, he seemed to look through Alda, as if he was looking at something far away. Or maybe he was deep in thought as humans sometimes were. Maybe he needed to be brought back to what was happening in the present. Then Alda felt a great deal of confusion and empathic pain from his chemical receptors as he focused on Human John and his excretions. Human John's scent was a chaotic bouquet of fear, hate, confusion, and some other emotions, and those feelings assailed Alda and overwhelmed his senses, at which point Human John's real onslaught began. The caffeine mug whipped around and crashed against Alda's face. Cold caffeine drinks spilled over Alda's shell. Alda's visual organs instinctively shielded themselves, his mind perfectly remembering every detail of the room around him as he could no longer see. Human John's eyes had been red and veiny, tears welled up at the edges, but his mouth was frozen into a feral snarl as though he were about to bite Alda. Human John's clothes were unkempt and he looked dirty and unwell. Something was very wrong with Alda's friend. A muted concussion slammed against the abdomen plate. Then a second, then a third followed. Alda's top arm snapped shut where he thought the human John's head was, crying out as he was attempting to kill his friend who was trying to kill him. He met only air, though, and he tried again and again in quick succession, lowering his arms each time and hunting for human John to stop the attack. A fourth and fifth concussive blow cracked Alda's shell, and an echoing pain resounded through his soft tissues underneath his armor. He opened up his carapace, guarding his visual organs out of sheer will, just in time to see human John still snarling and crying, crouched and pulling a knife from his boot, eyes focusing on the broken part of Alda's defensive skin. John, stop! Human Sam flew over the table and slammed into him with all of her momentum. Alda, just run! She managed to yell as she wrestled with human John. As Alda scurried away in a hurry, he heard her words from behind him. John, it's me, it's Sam, you're okay. We're back on the ship, look at me. Alda was too far away to already hear any more. And Sam was doing her best to make sure that he wasn't tried as a criminal before the ship's court. She finally brokered a meeting between herself, Alda, whom she insisted be present, and the ship captain, and the head of security, who claimed his own right to be there in the best protection of the ship. Alda was malted, embarrassed, and confused. He shifted in all directions, keeping his muscles moving in an attempt to maintain whatever heat production he could without the insulated shell. The security's captain oscillated back and forth in what Sam knew was pent-up frustration. The ship's captain sat completely still between them. Sam looked at Alda and emphatically began what she knew would be the long and intense meeting. Alda, even if you two hadn't agreed to this meeting, I would have sought out a personal communication with you, 
in order for me to explain to you, the victim, at the very least, what happened. There is nothing to explain. The security's captain let out some of what Sam knew was an overwhelming anger. I requested this briefing and was allowed it, so clearly I think there is. Now, there is a lot to explain. Please keep any interruptions or questions to the end, and I will speak on what I can. The security's captain stilled and Sam continued. Elder, John is overcome with sorrow and wishes me to pass his sincerest apologies. The security captain stood suddenly. Why did he attack and attempt kill? He yelled, pointing his sharpened claw accusingly at Sam. Shut your mouth. She slammed a hand on the table. After John's show of force, even a slight outburst pressed fear into those at the table. Alda jumped back, and the security's captain bared all four armed limbs, and the ship's captain stood. I'm sorry for that. She gathered herself again. John gave me permission to tell you the entirety of what happened and why, something that was not easy for him to do. With this trust he gave to me, I will advocate as fiercely as I need to in order for you to understand what we is going through. Please allow me to tell you the story without interrupting, and hopefully, by the end, you will be able to understand. John was and is afflicted and couldn't control himself. The three chittered to themselves for a moment, concerned over the revelation. Had human John gone mad? Would he attack more people if he could not be stopped? Had something taken over his body, making him literally unable to control himself? Do humans go feral? They didn't know how to react, and their fearful conversation in the native tongue built into a crescendo until Sam cut through the crosstalk. Before he was a traveler, John was a soldier. I'm sure that you know that, and I'm sure that it's one of the reasons you accepted his request to join us here. What you may not have known, though, is that he was part of a war we humans had against a species that attempted to colonize one of our planets. He was on that hostile planet for 18 of our Earth months, which is just shy of two intergalactic years. I know many space-fearing species think we humans, that is, are perfect soldiers and are built for battle and everything. But there's something most of those species don't know about. Even though we are good at it, being soldiers hurts us. Especially if we do it for a long time or in specifically intense situations. That planet that John was on, he was not supposed to have been there as long as he was. His people, his fellow soldiers and a few of the native civilians got cut off from the main rescue force by the enemy and became trapped for a long time. They fought, killed, and died in horrible ways for six months. When they were finally rescued, there was only a fraction of the original group of people. John was in charge and had more than once made a decision that cost lives. After that, he turned his tags in and walked away. He joined us with a few years later, and we went down in that last planet, however many weeks ago that was. Something happened. Elder, I'm sure you can tell the captain what it was more specifically. But the short version is that there was an attack that was unexpected. When that happened, John's brain was reminded of the time on that horrid planet and it opened up old wounds. See, when humans make memories like John did in those 18 months, they're not normal memories. It's more than that, something worse. And when reminded of those memories, some of the very bad things can happen. It's like when your shell gets damaged and there's a piece that isn't seated properly anymore. It's irritating and painful. At that point, however, you would just remove the piece of the shell and repair it. When it's a wound in a human's mind, 
we cannot get rid of it. The pain is there forever. When you saw him, Halder, that morning in the mess hall, he hadn't slept more than an hour a night for days. He was having something we call flashbacks, which is when a human brain doesn't know it's at the place and memory happened. He thought he was back in those jungles, trapped in the mines of the hills waiting to be torn apart by monsters. When he turned and saw you, his brain told him that you were there to kill him. And he fought you, as he fought then, with everything that he had. It wasn't the friend human John that you knew that morning. It was the soldier who had thought he was fighting a war. I had been there trying to help as much as I could, but there is little to do. His mind, though not broken, is injured. There's no way to heal this injury, though. When it happens, you just wait for it to scab over, and then hope that it never break it open again. Sam sat back down and waited. No one spoke. No one moved. They just processed. Having a dislodged piece of armor stuck and poking sounds uncomfortable. Being unable to then remove it for the rest of one's life, however, sounds absolutely unbearable. I didn't know humans could be afflicted in such a way. The ship's captain, quiet words were bolstering Sam, who had been worried that they would not understand at all. That metaphor, at least, had made sense to them. It's something we only talk about to those that we're very emotionally close to, and only when we absolutely must. Sam looked away, and Alden noticed that same look in her eyes that the human John had had when he was attacked, as though she was looking far away at something else. Was she also afflicted? Suddenly, she was focusing again on the ship captain's eyes. Alda, what do you think? The ship captain asked. There was no immediate answer. Alda shifted around more, keeping warm and thinking to himself. Human John is my friend and has been there for me in times of need, including during dangerous situations. I believe that he is sick and cannot be held completely accountable. We should do what we can for him to see that he is as strong mentally as he can be. I would like to personally assist, if possible. Sam smiled brightly. That would make him very happy, Elder. And when you feel ready, he would like to see you, to pass along his apologies personally. She beamed at him. I will do that, but maybe I will wait for my shawl to be repaired. She laughed and stood to tell John the news. End of story number two. I hope that you enjoyed and if you did, please consider subscribing. If you wish to support the author, there is a link to the original story, so pop over there and give him your support. If you wish to support this channel, however, there are a few ways to do so. The best and easiest would be to share this video with other people, as well as liking, subscribing, and leaving a comment. All of these things tell the algorithm that this channel is at least vaguely interesting, and that may share it with other people. If you wish to support the channel in some other manner, watching my other videos would also help tremendously. Or, if you really, really, really like, there is a link down below to leave a tip or to join the Patreon. Any and all support is very much appreciated. And I hope that you all have a good one until the next time. And I'll see you then. Cheers.